So, we're live. It's COVID nonsense week again. It's a bit like Groundhog Day. Yeah. Over Happen, and over. Happens every Complete week. with the existential crisis. Yes. I'm, uh, yeah, this is like a bad nightmare that you can't wake up from. Um, not so much because there's anything really dangerous or scary, but rather because there's just so much bullshit. I can't handle it. There's only so much bur- bullshit a normal person can take, like, you know, that you can expose yourself to before you just go, I don't know what you do. What how, do, you do? How, how do you make <clears throat> sense of it? Well, the, the best thing to do is try and make sense of it and to try and put some, bring some sanity back to the, to the madness, right? Um, for your own sake and for the sake of anybody who will listen to you. But, um, yeah, uh, it's just trundling on. The whole situation just trundles on. It just like I don't think I think it's it's probably generally true to say that a lot of people at this point don't really know what's going on and have stopped caring. All they're just they're just waiting on. You know what I mean? They've lost the plot. Most people have lost the plot, and the reason most people have lost the plot is because most people or most authorities appear to have lost the plot in the sense of the kind of information they're putting out there. There's contradictory information. I mean, over the past week or two, <clears throat> the the main revelation i suppose that has impacted ordinary people who are getting vaccinated or not getting vaccinated is that your vaccines kind of don't work in a way at least they don't work in the way that people thought they would work people thought when they were getting vaccinated and they were promised this by the authorities that once they get vaccinated that's it um they're kind of immune and they can go back to normal life and stuff but recently we were just the whole world was told by the cdc that uh, vaccines don't stop you contracting or you know obviously they don't stop you contracting virus the virus is going to get into your body but the main thing they don't stop you really getting symptoms necessarily possibly stop you getting serious symptoms but don't stop you getting symptoms and certainly don't stop you transmitting it the study back in uh, i think we talked about this last maybe we talked about this last week Mm -hmm. i'm not sure in uh, end of july a big holiday town province town yeah. A big gay holiday village that has 3,000 people, Provincetown, Massachusetts, 3,000 people during most of the year. July, holiday season, 60 to 70,000 people, i.e. vast majority of them holiday makers, vast majority of them gay men. And in that town, they that was the 75% people who contracted COVID were vaccinated. And a lot of them, most of them had decent symptoms, symptoms worth talking about. So 75% of all the COVID cases, there was something like 450 and something like 370 or something like that, something around those numbers were all were vaccinated. So 75% vaccinated. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, that kind of blew the whole... I think that threw a lot of people for a loop in the sense of people who have been vaccinated thinking that everything was fine and now they're told, no, you're not really any different from unvaccinated people in terms of... Uh, your ability to spread it, so you're still a danger to Granny and the NHS potentially. Although the the promise, obviously, the refrain repeatedly from the media is, uh, yeah, okay, vaccinated people can still spread the virus to others, but they're protected from severe COVID, and that's the benefit of getting vaccinated. But that's only in the case that you were in danger from severe COVID to, to begin with. And like we've said repeatedly on this show over and over again to obviously to no avail really, it hasn't changed anything, is that from the very beginning it was well known or pretty soon after the very beginning of this pandemic 
it was very well known that only a tiny percentage of the, of the population were actually in danger of any like severe health issues and death. Mm-hmm. Tiny percentage. Chris Whitty, chief medical officer in the UK, said at the end of last year, he had a, he gave a long presentation and he kept repeating, <clears throat> you know, the, the large majority, I think he was, were the words he used, the large majority of people, even in your 80s, not in danger from this virus. It's not an issue. We seem to be trying to placate people and, and play that down. But the narrative, the problem is that the narrative today seems to be, seems to completely ignore that or the, the message people have got is, is, is people, people, the message people have got does not include that information, doesn't cl- include the information that prime, information of primary importance, i.e. who is in danger from this virus. Mm-hmm. Even though it's actually coming out of the words of the chief medical officer right. of a government. But and not just once. He said it multiple, multiple yeah, times. Right. And In fact, it became a refrain. It's bizarre. We complain if you complain about you know, repeating yourself and finding that nothing changes. Right. Well, the chief medical officer of the UK repeated himself over the entire last 18 months. I'd like to remind people that very, very small peop- number of people will be severely affected by, by this. And an even smaller number will die. Mm-hmm. He included the important terms and conditions, contextual evidence. And yet that message had no impact. Sorry, the bus has already left. Like the, 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 the loopy train, the crazy train has already People gone, left the station. He repeated himself over and, the entire uh, last 18 months. Yeah, and uh, it, it doesn't matter. It's a, it's the loopy train has left the station and people have got the loopy, me- the, the crazy message and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what anybody says after the fact. Uh, there's no, it's like there's no calming this down. And of course, the media is largely responsible for that because the media isn't giving people that sane, rational, fact-based information that would allow people to go, okay, so this isn't really an issue for me. Uh, if they had done, there would be no drive to, to uh, you know, large numbers of people, you know, desperate in a certain sense or, 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 you know, rushing to get the vaccination. You wouldn't have that because all those people would know. The vast majority of people who have got the vaccination consistent with what Witty and others have said and consistent with the truth, the vast majority of people who got the vaccination up until now, in, in a lot of Western countries, upwards of 70, 80% of the population, probably almost all of those people would not have got the vaccination because they would have understood that they don't need to. Yeah. Because they're not in danger. All those people got it because they thought they were in danger. Do you think it's really that high? You said 70, 80%. In the UK, yeah. It's pushing 80%. You think so? There's well, that's no... their official numbers. Yeah. Okay, official numbers like between okay. one and two, uh, between one one or double jabbed, eighty uh, percent. Yeah, it's pushing on eighty percent in Spain as well and stuff. But of course, a lot of places are not. That's quite... spectacular for any vaccine uptake. Yeah, and but that doesn't seem to be enough. No, it's it, it's still going. Yeah, that, that's. I mean, some of them said once we get eighty percent people vaccinated, that'll be it. It'll be all done. Apparently not. You know, some of them are yeah. pushing it up to hundred hundred percent now. So. Yeah, someone wants this whole thing to keep going, keep giving it legs, keep keeping the fear and the, you know, the the the, the disinformation through the media going, and because it's, it's like an industry now, you know, it's basically like a, a vaccine. So obviously, it's a vaccine. In, there's a vaccine vaccine industry, but there's a pandemic industry going on now, and people are a lot of people are making money off it, and uh, none more so than the media who have definitely seen the mainstream media outlets on their, especially on their web pages, on their, on their websites, have seen a, a marked increase in their readership 
because people are looking for information about what they should do, whether they should, should they wear a mask today or should they not? Uh, you know, so, um, yeah, there's a lot of people with a vested interest in keeping it going. And that's, I mean, does that, is that controversial to say that? Does that make me sound like a conspiracy theory? To, to say that some people who see that conditions in society are making them money would want those conditions to continue? Is that unreasonable? No. Are you sure? Well, YouTube doesn't think so. YouTube uh, struck us off last week for the reason we're live streaming on Facebook today. Yeah. Instead of YouTube is because we are in breach of medical misinformation. No, well, that's not exactly what they said. It was very interesting what they said when they told when they when they struck struck the give us a one week ban from live streaming. They told us the little blurb said that obviously we had infringed their community guidelines, but specifically they said that any information that disputes official government and CDC messaging on COVID or the pandemic uh, is in breach of their guidelines. Uh, so, and the interesting word there was, was, was disputes. It's not whether or not the information that you're putting out there is right or wrong. That's not even, doesn't, we're not even going to go there. It's the simple fact of disputing what governments or health authorities or individuals like Fauci say. If you dispute what Fauci says, Sorry, you're not allowed to say it. You'll be you'll be censored, basically. Uh, whether or not it's true, your your dispute is, is accurate, and whether Fauci is wrong, of course, Fauci has been wrong, uh, spectacularly so. Uh, when Fauci disputes himself. Yeah, of course, yeah, on an ongoing basis, and sort of most government government ministers and government uh, and and health spokesmen and stuff like that, they 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 talk out of both sides of their mouth. They say the opposite. You know, there's all sorts of conflicting information. So, how any, you know, m you know, uh, social media platform could could hand down this kind of like uh, you know censorship on the basis of you simply questioning what's being said officially when what is being said officially for a good year now has been like well it's like change, well, it, changing it underwear right it yeah it's, it's yeah it's like it's as how often does Fauci change um, underwear I mean I don't want to know that I have my suspicions about it but I don't want to know I'm speaking metaphorically you know uh, well, he's a bad he's a bad example. Anyway, yeah, it changes as, as often as the uh, as the wind, basically. So, why can you not dispute it when there's that level of uh, inconsistency? Surely, it has to be disputed, or has to be questioned, or has to be uh, discussed. But apparently not. You just have to wait until the next contradictory bit of information comes out of the government, and then go with that. And then a week later, when they change their mind on that, go with that. And when they change it back again, go with that. And everyone just repeats it. And back, just, yeah. Like automatons. And it's just a cacophony and nobody knows what's going on. Which is what I said at the beginning is that yeah. at this point, I get the impression that a lot of people just don't know what's happening. Yeah. They really have just dropped the ball because it's so contradictory. Yeah. The, um, maybe we should fly through some of the, yeah. the news items from this week. So as usual, our show's format's going to be basically looking at the latest in COVID nonsense news, um, some of the reaction to it. Hang at CNN. COVID nonsense news. Exactly. Can we start a website, COVID nonsense news? Would we get, we wouldn't, we'd get banned for that, no? We'll call it CNN dot. What, what if we use the CNN logo exactly the same, CNN, and just call it COVID nonsense news? Good idea. That's a, that's a winner. I think I should go that one. Uh, by the way, if anybody's noticed, we have a special guest hiding behind my, my microphone uh, on the show this week. She's actually my mom. And she's here to uh, keep an eye on us and make sure that we'll... She's actually working for YouTube 
Uh, she's a YouTube censor, so if the show gets shut down at any point, you'll know it's her. She'll, she's got a button there where she can just push it, and uh, uh, we'll get we'll get censored. It's probably for blasphemy more than anything else. Anyway, for cursing, no cursing, no Joe. cursing, any cursing, and we're out of here. Uh, yeah, go ahead. So, what are we doing? Uh, you just want to run through some. Well, the the CDC <coughs> stopped counting. What's this about? They stopped counting mild COVID cases among the vaccinated. Yeah, that's. We just stick that up on the screen there, Scotty. Um, it smacks of spin to me, but Newsweek. I, I, explain it to me. I don't understand why did why the that's CDC important. stop counting. It's a good question. What does it mean? Why did the CDC uh, stop counting mild? Just scroll down a little bit past that video. Why did the CDC stop counting mild and asymptomatic breakthrough COVID cases? Well, it's pretty obvious. I mean, what they did was they, all along, they were counting um, and Breakthrough cases, obviously cases in people who have been vaccinated. Mm -hmm. Now, so why did the CDC, who has been pushing vaccines on everybody, stop counting people who were getting infected who had been vaccinated? Well, because it looks bad. Right. It looks bad. It's it's bad. It's bad. Bad uh, advertising. Bad marketing for your vaccines. vaccines. Right. So they're only focusing on severe cases and probably even then they're probably keeping those on the QT because the bottom line is they would justify themselves as, listen, we don't want to talk about people who are vaccinated getting covid and getting severe COVID and hospitalized with COVID because it's going to uh, reduce uh, confidence in vaccines and the few remaining people, the 10 or 20% or whatever it is in whatever country that haven't been vaccinated yet, they're probably going to hold out based on that kind of information that if you get vaccinated, you can still get COVID. Why would I get a vaccine then? So they don't want to talk about that too much. So they stop counting uh, those kind of reports. And um, and they got worse. And this is in, in contrast to before vaccination, Everybody and his dog and his goldfish who had a sniffle or anything was put down as COVID and blasted across the media and put into massive amounts of numbers and fear-mongering and all that kind of stuff. So before vaccination, uh, any sign of a COVID case, everybody has to know about it. Count all the numbers, shove them in people's faces. After vaccination, if you're still getting COVID cases among vaccinated, shh, don't tell anyone. But surely they need numbers to keep saying there's a surge, there's a surge, there's a surge. Because that's they just still record doing those that. unvaccinated. They just keep pushing those numbers in unvaccinated. That they're okay. not going to say much about the vaccinated. They're basically this is basically them saying, "Listen, we're not interested in in, in, in asymptomatic or mild symptoms of COVID among the vaccinated because that's well, we don't need to think about those because it's not a big deal, right? When you've got if you're asymptomatic, if you say you test positive for COVID but you're asymptomatic or you test positive for COVID and you've got a mild case. It's not a big deal. Last year, that was a super big deal. That was the biggest. Everybody deal. had to shit their pants, yeah, and close down shoe, schools and businesses and lock in your house when anybody tested positive for SARS-CoV-2 or had mild symptoms. That was freak out time. When that happens among the vaccinated, it's not a big deal. And they 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 believe that they can get away with this because. This seems to be I've mentioned it last week. The last plank they have to hang on is that the vaccines are working. They reassure us because you've got less hospitalizations among those who are like markedly so. It's it's this data is clear on that. Yeah. If you have COVID and in a hospital and you're in a serious condition, you're almost certainly among the unvaccinated. Have, can you make any sense? Uh, is there data to back up? Because that's what they're pushing all over the place. That's yeah. a clear message being sent out at the moment. Do yeah, they have yeah. data to support well, that? Claim? I would defy you to actually, well, maybe not defy you, but I said it's pretty hard for you to find me right. a story where that's reported 
where you get anything other than a percentage of the people in hospital with COVID who are unvaccinated. They'll give you a percentage, and it pisses me off all the time. All I see is a percentage. They say 87% of the people in hospital with COVID are unvaccinated. That's why you should get vaccinated, because 80% of the seven of the people in hospital with COVID are unvaccinated. And then another report in a different part of the country. 70% of the people in hospital with COVID are unvaccinated. Another part of the country. 100% of the people with COVID in hospital are unvaccinated. I'm like, okay, can you just stop you there for a minute? 87% of how many? I want to know how many. I don't want to hear percentage. I want to know how many people are in hospital with COVID. That's the most important fact. That's the only information I'm interested in. The only relevant information. The only information that's interesting to anybody on the entire planet is how many people right now are in hospital who are unvaccinated with COVID. And then I can compare that number. So if you tell me it's 87% of people in, in, in this area uh, in hospital with COVID are unvaccinated. And I'm like, okay, how many is that? And they say, 12. Okay, so there's 12 people in hospital with COVID and they're unvaccinated. Okay, so how many other people in that area are also unvaccinated? Because then I can get a percentage of the likelihood of people ending up in hospital unvaccinated, ending up with COVID in hospital unvaccinated. And it's a very small number. If you, if you actually dig it up and try and find the, the actual numbers, it's, it's, it's nobody. It's no vaccinated, unvaccinated, nobody's in hospital, relatively speaking. Very few people are in hospital anywhere around the world with COVID. With or without. Vaccinated, vaccinated not vaccinated, doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. Because at this point, everybody, and even before the vaccination campaign, everybody, probably the vast majority, or let's say a good majority of the people in the world, let's be conservative, a good majority of the people in the world have had contracted the virus long before vaccination came along and had natural immunity to it. Yeah, but that's. But you remember last year, twenty twenty. Mark it on your calendar. That was the day that humans no longer had immune an immune system, and it could only be conferred through a vaccine. Immune systems went away. Yeah, and you had to get a a, a needle. A, well, yeah, yeah. You had to get a a, a, a donated immune system uh, because nobody had immune system anymore. So you had to get one via vaccine. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. Totally unscientific and obviously false, but. That's the kind of, if not the strict, almost the, the messaging they were giving, um, because they did actually remove the definition of herd immunity on the World Health Organization yeah. CDC website. Beforehand, herd immunity was, a, was, was achieved in a population through the spread of a virus naturally through a population and a buildup of natural immunity from people contracting the virus. They changed the definition of herd immunity to herd immunity is achieved through vaccination. You can't get herd immunity anymore. Through, not, through the normal way that it's happened for thousands of years, that's hundreds of thousands of years. That's how long? science. That's well, political science. Yeah, but the whole thing is politics. And that's what people don't understand. Everything that they've been through for the past 18 months is politics. It started as politics and it's still going as politics. And politicians are making out like bandits, basically, as a result of it. And I can see how YouTube would find this in dispute of <laughs> World Health Organization or yeah. any other health authority. Well, it's in dispute, but it's also factual. Yeah. So if, uh, if they have a catch-all excuse for just nixing anyone, though. yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, just following on from the the just to give you some hard data, no better man than Wolf Blitzer on CNN, uh, the COVID nonsense, COVID nonsense COVID news, nonsense, yes. uh, COVID nonsense news anchor. It's on uh, Real Clear Politics, or Scotty, uh, CDC director of vaccines. Yeah, just play that video for a little bit. 
There are some things uh, I, I'd like to clear up while I have you, Dr. Walensky. In terms of communication, you clearly have data that's informing your decisions or you wouldn't be making these decisions. Uh, but a, a lot of experts are asking, why aren't you sharing that data right away or at least releasing it more quickly? Last Tuesday, we made the decision to um, uh, advise masking uh, America among those who are fully vaccinated. And that was decisions based on data that we had seen just a several days before and corroborated even within hours or a couple of days before. Um, we Pause. made those recommendations. So she's just mentioning there that they, this is when they, this is, they, they, last week they uh -huh. mandated masks again for everybody in America. After having taken away masks, now it's mandating masks inside, outside, everywhere um, on the basis of data she got. And the data is what I was talking about earlier on the Provincetown, uh, July 20, 24th or so. Uh, they got data from there, outbreak. which was breakthrough outbreak. 75% of the people, of 450 people, 75% of them with COVID symptoms were vaccinated. Again, this was in Provincetown, major gay holiday hotspot, gay men, 50, 60,000 of them every summer in that town doing what gay men do, and that's how you had a large percentage of transmission. Now, to apply that then, the result of that transmission among those gay men and doing what gay men do, to, for example, some conservative elderly folk down in Alabama, that, you know what I mean, the conditions are very, very different from Provincetown, Massachusetts in July yeah. and the kind of people that you have there compared to the kind of people you have in, in rural Alabama. Who can't but, go to church because... Well, they they're go-to-church go kind of people, so I'm drawing that distinction. They're very different people in terms of their behavior and their attitudes and their outlook in life and how they comport themselves, right? Mm -hmm. So the idea that you would then would, would take those conditions that produce this breakthrough COVID cases among vaccinated people in a gay holiday hotspot in Provincetown to uh, the whole country is ridiculous. The conditions are not the same at all. It's, do you know what I mean? It's like... Surely they shot themselves in the foot by picking an ex what would be, I imagine, in the overall data set, an mm -hmm. extreme case. Yeah. Why, why would they do that? Surely they would want to downplay the issue of breakthrough and thus big up the vaccine unless... They do have enough data and breakthroughs rife all over the place. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And so they deliberately went with a pronounced out breakthrough outbreak to sort of well, to stay ahead of the curve yeah. on what's happening anyway. I think they're fairly happy at this point that they've got so many people to take the vaccine. They made a lot of money. You look at yeah. Moderna or Pfizer's stock. Uh, stock price or share price over the past uh, year and it's gone through the roof basically. But I don't think they're too concerned about releasing this information that vaccines no longer prevent you from spreading COVID because they have the add-on, which is, but it does protect you from ending up in hospital, so get the vaccine. Mm -hmm. And they've also got booster shots coming as a, as a backup as well. Listen, maybe, so maybe the, yeah, there's something not a bit, not right about the, the vaccines. You know, they're not maybe as effective as we like them to have been, uh, but we've always got a booster shot later this year a third shot basically so it's the gift that keeps on giving basically at this point and there's so many people who have, and it's that whole it's kind of like a, a sunk cost bias or a, a, almost a confirmation bias for people who have had the vaccine already they're going to go and get a booster if they're told they need a booster you know what I mean they've already done uh, done the, taken, the, taken the decision to go and do it and so they're more likely to carry on you know so I, I, these people in the CDC and, and in Pfizer and Moderna the vaccine makers don't have a lot to worry about, I think, and, and it could all, almost play in their favor because you have to remember they don't, they don't really want this thing to go away. 
they don't want to get to the point where, say, 100% of the population is vaccinated and they can say, okay, don't, it's all over. Everybody in the entire planet has been vaccinated. Surely it's over now. Surely everything can go back to normal. They don't really want to go there. So they, that implies that they have to bring into question their own vaccination campaign and all the efficacy of their own vac- vaccines in order to keep the thing boiling you know, on a simmer. Jesus, because... Well, the, they keep the, on vaccinating people. They need one every year. The dissenters to this whole scheme, right? They're jumping on every instance like this and saying, oh, look, you see, I told you, and they're getting excited thinking, well, it's going to collapse any day now or this will mm-hmm. help increase our side's resistance mm-hmm. to what's going on. Yeah. Well, maybe those but people it, who it haven't is, got the vaccine by now are just they're, they're lost causes as far as the vaccine makers and the CDC and the government's concerned. They're not going to, you're not going to convince them ever, right? So let's, well, just, let's just focus on the, on the majority, and it is a majority in most countries, like in the UK, like I said, you know, uh, 70, 80% of the people who have taken the plunge and got the vaccine, and um, they're committed in a sense to it, you know what I mean? So you can give them boosters every six months, every year if you want, you can keep, but you've got to keep the fear factor going in order to justify getting a high uptake of a booster vaccine. You know what I mean? It has to be scary. Like going into this fall and winter, there has to be a resurgence of some type. There has to be. And for there to be a resurgence, there has to be some kind of a problem with the vaccine. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. The vaccine has to be brought into question by the vaccine makers themselves, or at least by the CDC, by the authorities, saying, "Mm, it's not quite as good and you're going to need... So they don't have a problem releasing that information. You know what I mean? Especially when, you know... They'll release this, a result of this study which says, you know, um, vaccines no longer prevent you from spreading it as a result of this these breakthrough cases. But Pfizer whispers in the ear of, of the CDC and the government says, listen, but remember, vaccines still protect you. Vaccines are still really good because they'll stop you going to hospital. You still can spread it. So if you thought that you were going to be completely free of COVID, no, you're still, car- you're still a carrier of COVID when you've got vaccines. But vaccines at least give you a good chance of not ending up in hospital if you're someone who might end up in hospital anyway, which, as we said at the beginning of the show, is a tiny percent of the population, a very small number of people. So why all those other people got vaccinated? I don't know. Mass hysteria, nuts, craziness, fear. Yes, all that stuff. Well, we know why, why it happened. Though. Let's just carry on with the video for a sec. <clears throat> based on data we had the data were released on friday just three days later and um if we had waited to release the data we would have um had uh you know people who would unknowingly potentially bring uh a virus to their loved ones to their immunosuppressed loved ones we felt it a moral imperative to inform the american public as soon as we knew and publish the data as soon as we could within three Stop days of our guidance so so the reason she uh, she's saying that they released this data and then the, about the breakthrough cases and then did the turnaround on the masks was because we needed to get it out there quickly so that people, so we could do the mask thing and people could be aware that, this, she's talking about vaccinated people could be told that you can still spread the, the, the virus. Uh, you, you do actually spread the virus as much as unvaccinated people. So be careful when you go to your elderly immuno, immunocompromised parent or family member, because you don't want to give them the COVID. Even if you're vaccinated, you can still do it. So we need to tell you this. But my question there when she said that is that, so this, that was turned turn to masks, so everybody had to wear masks to stop that from happening. But I'd like to know the number of people in America who have an immunocompromised 
family member. I mean, it would make sense to say selectively to those people wear masks, which is what should have happened at the beginning of this whole pandemic is people who are in danger right. should have been kept away, uh, should have been isolated and, and, and until, you know, it was dealt with until they could be vaccinated themselves. But the vast majority of people in society who were not in danger of it should have just been allowed to go carry on and live their lives. Why not? Why do you, why do you quarantine healthy, healthy people? The vast majority of people who are healthy, why do you quarantine? Why do you lock them in their houses and compromise their immune systems, their healthy immune systems, by locking them away from sunlight, fresh air, social interactions? Why do you do that? <clears throat> it doesn't well, because, make any sense. Well, if they're operating off the belief that most people are immunocompromised because natural herd immunity isn't a thing anymore and that you need our vaccines, all of you, eventually in some form or another, then when she says, I'd like to remind the immunocompromised, if you know if you have someone who is immunocompromised, she, essentially she's, she's kind of dog-whistling back to the earlier propaganda by saying to them, hint, remember now, we're all... We're all vulnerable. We're yeah. all vulnerable which is to COVID-19, the, which is factually untrue. Well, it's a foundational lie that this entire situation is built on, is that everybody in society potentially was in danger from... from from this virus when the opposite is true almost nobody in society was in danger from this virus from the get-go and they knew it they knew it in march and april last year from studies from china they at least had a good read on the situation from studies the chinese had done because they were on first right they were on from around the beginning of uh, beginning of the year from january even in december they had started started looking into it and, and, and looking at the virus and stuff and looking at people who are affected by it. And, they, and the Chinese published several studies that you can read online showing that the age groups and the health conditions of the people who were, who were in danger from it. And it was invariably the elderly with, the, with serious underlying health conditions. The rest of the population, meh, no big deal. That's what this was. This, from the very beginning, it's hard to imagine it. It's hard to conceive of the, how, how we could have got to where we are today and gone through everything we went through uh, for the past 18 months on the basis of that which was that this new virus came along. Oh, it's a bit alarming. What is it? Oh, it's not too bad. It's only really dangerous to the same kind of people who the flu are dangerous to. And then everything that we've experienced since then has been on that basis. How do you, how do you explain that? Yeah. You have to come up with some pretty creative, uh, <laughs> you know, theories to, to, to explain that. Um, pretty, pretty nasty theories, really, because you can't, can't go to good places to explain how uh, they did what they did on the basis of no, on no, for no good reason at all. Why would someone do something as kind of... Uh, Machiavellian. As, as Machiavellian and as, as harmful to large swathes of society for no good reason? Well, that's where you're at. Anybody who, yeah. If you look at it clearly, that's where you're at, you know? And uh, you have to come... I'm not going to give anybody a reason, but you can... I'm sure you can figure it out yourself. You might not like where that what conclusion you have to draw as a result of that, but that seems to be the only conclusion. Unless someone come up with a better one, why someone would do something harmful to society for no good reason. Our next set of uh, news items, uh, they're all of a piece really because the theme in the last week from the UK to the US to Spain and elsewhere is let's start vaccinating teenagers. The um, first item is about the UK's announcement um, so just two weeks ago, they said the opposite. Uh, advice that 
<clears throat> to what was said here two weeks ago. I should um, say before that two weeks ago, this same committee that I'm going to mention here, the J Joint Committee on Vaccination and Immunization, haven't looked into them. Wouldn't be surprised to find out they're connected with Big Pharma. But anyway, it's officially a US a UK government body. Just two weeks ago, their advice was no. Teenagers, in fact, it was along the lines of what you just said. If we are going to go down that route, unlike the US, we're going to do it on a targeted basis by selecting immunocompromised cohorts and inviting them first. Mm -hmm. They're now saying everybody jumping over their own advice two weeks later and opening it to some 1.4 million teenagers, beginning with Children. 16 and 17 year olds, and they don't need parental and consent. They don't need that's that's so kind they of, can go ahead because 16, 17 year olds going. That's go, a dog go. whistle to youngsters. Yeah, come on, don't mind what your parents and their fuddy duddy old old untraditional traditional ways. Don't mind them. Yeah, um, that's on the basis of what? Can somebody explain to me why that would be necessary? Why do you need to vaccinate 16, 17 year olds who are not? Well, statistically, they're more hearing, likely to die or more likely to, to be killed by be killed by lightning, lightning than they are by right. uh, COVID. It's, One in a million. In a sense, it's the same as it always was. What they're telling everyone is that, well, you see the Delta variant, the Delta variant, it's, it's much more transmissible. It's dangerous. It's out there. Why is that an issue? Not so much because it's at risk of killing you, your teens, but because when you go to see grandma next, she's at risk. No, she's vaccinated though. That's what, the, that's what the vaccine is. The vaccine protects her from severe COVID. So yeah. what are we left with? What, well, they what don't. It's crickets after that. I don't know any other explanation. I don't know any other explanation either. There is none. I, have, I, I can't find one I, anywhere. Can you pull the article back? Maybe we can look for it in the article. Maybe we can actually find it. Uh, okay. Notice first paragraph. It's 16 and 17-year-olds. And they'll also hint that uh, it could be as young as 12, which means they're going there before the end of the year. Um, Scroll down a bit more. Obviously, they're all going to be... Oh, this is... I've seen this in other countries too. It's exclusively offered Pfizer jabs. So mm -hmm. it's a no-bid contract for Pfizer in the UK, Spain, and the US, I think. Right. And there's some... Somebody gave some reason for that. Maybe it's in the article. Um, yeah. There are currently no concrete plans to offer the 16 and 17-year-old second doses with the expert panel wanting to buy more time to understand the safety risks. Well, it took them two weeks to understand the safety risks, safety Given, risks between saying they wouldn't do this and now they are yeah. doing it. So, so somebody's pushing, putting pressure on them and guess who that is? Pfizer. Pfizer's vaccine has been linked to a rare side effect called myocarditis. Rare. Of course, they put you off of this idea of it's rare. It's heart inflammation. Uh, rare side effect. It's not rare. It's rare under normal circumstances, definitely in under 25s, i.e. <clears throat> 16 and 17-year-olds, it's very rare. Basically, a 16, healthy 16 and 17-year-old will hardly ever get myocarditis. Mm -hmm. And even though it's technically rare in people who get the vaccine, it's massively more common. Something like four time, 400 times they more likely. that in that same paragraph. Data from the US, which has been given the job to children for months, shows the complication effects are one in 100,000 teenage boys after the first dose. But this raised about one, 1 in 15,000 after the second dose. But even 1 in 100,000 is much more right. uh, likely. It makes you much more at risk. That risk of getting it is much higher than if you don't get a vaccine. Of you know, if you don't get a vaccine, the chance of a 15, 16, 17 year old of developing myocarditis is much, much less than 1 in 100,000. It's probably 1 in a million. So would you say that. You, or more, actually. You have more chance of 
getting a heart attack as a teenager from a Pfizer vaccine than you do of getting struck by lightning. Yeah, getting myocarditis for sure. Yeah, you're and yeah, for absolutely. The, 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 it's just it's just double speak. Like it's rare. They're saying it's rare. It's like I don't know. It's like rare things. They they say that there's rare side effects from a vaccine, but then you ask, well, what are the side effects, or what are the chances? How rare is it for a person to get that same condition without a vaccine? You'll find invariably it's much. There's much, much less rare. risk, much more rare. And, and so, so is, the question is, why would you get the vaccine then? Because the other, well, the only explanation is, well, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen-year-olds should get the vaccine to protect, like we just talked about. You're back to what we just we just said. It's to prevent them getting COVID. No, there none, there's hardly any fifteen, sixteen, seventeen-year-olds have got COVID. Healthy children of that age, virtually nil. You know, vanishingly rare, but. Then the explanation is protect granny. Don't spread it to the elderly and immunocompromised. But they're vaccinated, so they're not at risk. So what do you left? Uh, is it is it just to get the vaccine? Is it just to put vaccines in people? I saw. We'll mention it later because I want to show the cover of it. The Newsweek this week was have the insane doomsday variant cover. Uh, we'll have a look at it in a second. But in their detailed scientific article, I tried to follow. It. I really did try to follow their logic of what they were saying, why they were pushing for the vaccines while warning about a doomsday variant. Mm -hmm. And not, of course, there would be the result of trying to chase this virus into oblivion and it fighting back and producing more natural, in quotes, variants. Right. But because... Because of the peculiar, particular nature of SARS-CoV-2, okay, whatever, and specifically that... It's herd immunity. We have to keep going for herd immunity. If we don't keep vaccinating people, the I, it was circular logic. They never came to a point of explaining why the desperation, why the urgency to keep doing it. Well, you see, the Delta variant is super transmissible. There are other variants coming behind it that might even be even more transmissible and so on. So we have to keep chasing it. Yeah, wasn't there a a, a a story we talked about last week about um, a, a study in the UK or an assessment in the UK um, where some authority in the UK said that if they had tested people um, like last December, so eight months ago, for antibodies, natural antibodies, before any vaccination for natural antibodies against against this virus, they would have found that in, in the UK, in different regions of the UK, 90% plus of the population would have had them. Yes, that was UK government data. Right. Yeah. So, which means that herd immunity has already been reached. But was I, achieved uh, that, last December. That's part of what they... they this, this article was trying to say that it's much more complex than that. It's not as simple as you've been exposed to SARS-CoV-2 before, therefore you have antibodies. They may not be long-lasting antibodies because you can be reinfected. Mm -hmm. And a new, one of the later variants, Delta can come along and still whack you, you personally, not just that you'll transmit Delta, 
to someone else who hasn't been exposed yet, but you can get a severe case of COVID even if you have antibodies to SARS-CoV-2 from last year, natural antibodies. So not, again, that's where they're trying to go with this. They're saying this this SARS-CoV-2 is so peculiar and so different that all what you thought you knew about how the, the, the science of viruses worked before no longer applies. SARS-CoV-2 is different. Yeah, well, you can just say it's different. They have, but they I mean, have no epi- epidemiological basis to say, to say that. that. No, they're just they're just talking off the top of their heads, basically, and it's it's to serve a particular agenda. That's that's the conclusion. I mean, they don't know what they're talking about. The vast majority of them don't know what they're talking about, really. And there's a few, select few who know what they're talking about, and they won't tell you what's actually going on. You know, because we know this. I mean, this, it, there's it's basically at this point undeniable. I would say it's it's, it's almost a certainty that this virus came from a lab. And probably not a Chinese lab, probably a lab in the US in Fort Detrick. So it's those people who know what they're talking about. But do you ever hear from them? Do you ever hear a spokesman from Fort Detrick talking about, you know? And obviously there'd be hints, hints given to people like Fauci. He would, he would have his ear to the ground and would know certain things. And he's not telling you everything he knows about it either. Um, and everybody else is just basically making things up as they go along. And like we said, there's a cacophony of contradictory statements and you know ridiculous and plausible claims uh about this in the media and that's all people are being fed on they're just being fed on a diet of generalized nonsense Mm -hmm. and you have when that happens you have to just you can try and wade through it and as we do or you can just start to resort to just believing the evidence of your eyes and if this is a deadly pandemic the question that many people have asked is where are the dead bodies do people know you know, I don't think that word that you're using, uh, I don't think the way you're using that word pandemic is the right way to use it. I don't think it means what you think it means. Yeah. This is not a deadly pandemic. That's not the description of a deadly pandemic. You know, uh, in Ireland, for example, and in many other countries, basically no excess deaths for 2020. Similar amount of excess deaths effectively to 2018 during a bad flu season. That was 2020 in Ireland. Ireland has one of the strongest lockdowns of any country in the world. And they've had literally no excess deaths during a deadly pandemic. How can you have a deadly pandemic with no excess deaths? That's another foundational lie of all of this. Yeah. And they're, they're messing with people's heads. How, I mean, it's just it's bizarre. It's just I saw an article today in The Guardian. We don't have it here to show, but um, I think it was by Kim Wilshire or something. She's, she's a regular writer for The Guardian. Anyway, it was yellow journalism because she was commenting on Macron's uh, COVID vaccine drive in France and the recent reaction to it, of which there were more protests this weekend. But we'll get to in a minute. Um, and just, you know, commenting on the backlash in mm-hmm. France and maybe Macron, you know, <clears throat> well, she's optimistic it'll still succeed. The pass sanitaire, the COVID green pass in France, but she opened the article with a cute little bit of history. She said, in seven, talking about in, how in 1720, when there was a recurrence of the Black Death in Marseille, in the south of France, they initiated, instituted mm-hmm. a cordon sanitaire. That's where that term, as it's used in English international relations right. and politics comes from a cordon sanitaire is to basically quarantine an area in the case of a pandemic. So she, in that case, in the plague of Marseille in 18, 
now 17 something, 1720, I think, something like an eighth of the population died. Right. I mean, their bodies were piled on the streets. Right. Then that's it. That's all she mentions about history in the play. So she just draws then a direct she, correlation. She's dra- drawing a correlation. Which has no Cordon basis. Cordon Sanitaire, past Sanitaire. It's acute. Yeah. You know, there's similarity. And Macron yeah. is, in his day, dealing with the version in our time. Yeah. No, it's not the same thing. Yeah. There are no bodies on the streets. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's certainly not uh, 6 million people, which would be 8% of our... <sighs> 10 million people, which would be 8% of the French population. 10 million people dead? don't right. think so. 6 million people. Anyway, stick up that uh, thing I just sent you, Scotty. Can you... Uh, this is just an example of the kind of uh, stuff people have been subjected to. Uh, this is from just uh, a few weeks ago. Headline in the UK, Telegraph. Uh, cloth, face masks or comfort blankets that do little to curb COVID spread, Santa's warns. So you're warned that cloth masks, uh, face masks basically are useless. They're like comfort blankets. Make me feel better, uh, but do nothing. And people are wearing them. Why? Because, I mean, they should get wee blankies. Like we used to have them, no? Uh, and just suck them on the side of their mouth to do, do, do the screen, make them feel better, you know. Um, so yeah, and then there's uh, just go to the next, well, just another nonsense coming out. Go to the RT article there, RT.com. It's called Fake Poos, uh, a play on fake news. So this is just recently, uh, past few days, basically. This is the state of Victoria, Australia, another nut job country. With this guy is the Victoria Premier. They've, nickna- they've named him Dictator Dan. Uh, his name is um, Dan Andrews, but he's known as Dictator Dan because he is he act, acts like a dictator. Basically, he's locking down the state of Victoria, a uh, few million people, um, on the basis of well, they went into a lockdown about eight. Nine days ago, a full lockdown in Melbourne, the capital of Victoria, and then they, but that was just in the city. But for the rest of the population in the outlying areas in the state, they claimed that some COVID <laughs> had been found in sewage water somewhere. And they said, oh, the whole, the whole state now has to be locked down. Everybody staying in your houses, not allowed out except one hour a day, only for essential services, uh, blah, blah, blah. And then it, uh, a few days later, uh, he said, um, oh, yeah, no, we didn't find anything in poo. But, you know. But stay locked down. But stay locked down just in case. Like, you know, we'll lock you down anyway. But, yeah, that whole thing about yeah. COVID in the poo, yeah. I uh, don't know. I don't know where it came from, but it, just, it was just an idea I had. Uh, but anyway, it's not true, so whatever. So with that kind of... Um, so he's literally talking poo. He's talking shit, that guy, big time, yeah, full time. He's also, he's a poo-talking dictator. Anyway... Um, look at look at the messaging behind him. Staying apart keeps us together. Yeah, staying apart keeps us together. Doesn't that make sense? Staying apart keeps us together? It's like, this is Orwellian... Bonkers Orwellian... It's on steroids. Oh, Jesus Christ. But and I can't understand why people are just like, like I've said, but like I was saying earlier on, that people are just switching off. They've just had too much. Yeah. There's too much. And it's not that there's too much information. There's too much contradictory information. And there's too many lies and too many... You know, it's just such a morass of, of, of contradictory BS and none of it fits with people's lived experience, what yeah. they're seeing around them. And they want to comply, so they wear their mask, even though it's a, it's a comfort blanket. And they want to, you know, make it all go away so they get vaccinated. But then they get told that, 
you know, vaccinations don't really work the way you thought they work and you're going to need more vaccinations and we might have more lockdowns but we're not sure and you can travel but you can't travel and you can, uh, when you travel you have to quarantine. Oh no, you don't have to quarantine. Yeah, you do have to quarantine. And uh, if you get vaccinated you'll be free but you won't be free actually. You won't Nothing be free. Changes. You need more vaccinations and lockdowns and, and aliens. Well, speaking of how far they're going with this, let's pull up that Newsweek article uh, cover. I think it's um, I think it's ne- it's close to this one. There we go. This is Newsweek edition this week. Where are they, where are they going to stop? The Doomsday variant. COVID keeps mutating into scary new threats. How worried should we be? I would say very very worried. What would you say? I don't know. Very 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 worried. More varies, a lot more varies. Mum thinks a lot more varies. Probably like five or six varies. Very, 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 very worried. Because it's really, I mean, what do you want? I mean, it's the doomsday variant. I mean, you have to be worried about a doomsday variant. It's not like the, 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 the you know, bunny rabbit, bunny rabbit variant or the unicorn variant. It's the doomsday variant, you know? So um, maybe, maybe the media is the virus. Well, yeah, it's a mind virus. There's a mind virus going on for sure. And it's messing with people's heads. Um, I, I sh- mentioned that I read that article or t- tried to. It meant nowhere did it mention. You see, there it says COVID keeps mutating into, as if it's just doing it itself. Yeah. Nowhere does it mention the valid scientific argument that we, humanity, are chasing SARS CoV 2 into mutating. Yeah. Well, not only that, but there's some, well, the breakthrough, the breakthrough. Uh, infections um, and leaky vaccines are very well known. It's known that uh, whenever um, when you vaccinate people, when a virus is spreading, vaccinate large numbers of people when, when, a, when a virus is spreading through the population, uh, that you increase the risk of scary, weird, strange mutations occurring as a result of vaccination. They know this. It's been known for decades that that's, that that's the case. But they assure you that that won't happen this time and there's no chance of that happening. But then it is happening, basically, because how else do you explain that, uh, you know, what's happening in those people who are vaccinated but are still coming down with COVID symptoms? Well, is, is, is the vaccine, especially the mRNA vaccines, are they in some way or other, you know, um, creating new strains of even other uh, viruses, you know, you're kind of like supercharging other viruses. That's another, you know, it's antibody dependent enhancement stuff. Enhancement stuff. So um, those are all things that can happen. And again, like we keep saying, they're not telling, they're not being honest with people uh, because there's another agenda at work. Uh, Clearly, yeah. One of the main features of this entire episode is the synchron, the synchronicity, the coincidences of multiple governments simultaneously across the world right. announcing exactly the same thing. Yeah. We saw it again this week. We mentioned uh, the drive to vaccinate teenagers in the UK. Same thing was announced in Ireland. Uh, and the Irish government presents it as if it's their own independent panel of experts who mm-hmm. had a meeting this week and it's their due scientific consideration that they are going to announce. No, bullshit. Britain did it, so they're following. Mm-hmm. Similar to Spain, though. We have it from... Um, we have an English language article on Spain from El País. Let's uh, have a look at the headline here. Spain's vaccination drive is going to... Teenagers, yep. Amid fears, as if... Yeah, right, okay. Amid fears of death oh, strain. Oh, and, and 
in the process of doing that, they announced that they were no longer satisfied with reaching 70% of the population being vaccinated. Now the target's 90. 90%. It'll be 100. It'll be 100% next time. And then it'll be 110%. Once everybody's vaccinated, say, we need to find more people to vaccinate. Yeah, well, it, they'll just start over. We're back to zero. Yeah, start again. <laughs> it says specifically that, um, as we saw in the UK, um, keep going down. It's going to tell you what they're vaccinated with. Oh, I can't remember now. That what do you mean? What, which vaccine? Pfizer. It has to be Pfizer. It's Pfizer and Moderna, yeah, for sure, in Spain. It's probably the same. They're doing the same thing. They're giving them one one job and then waiting to see if they if, if they uh, come down with myocarditis. Uh, you know, because there's a good chance of them coming down with myocarditis. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so, American vaccines in Europe. Uh, also this week, European commission announced that there's another vaccine option available for Europeans from Novartis not mRNA also experimental yep. not traditional attenuated virus type vaccine I can't remember what something about recombined proteins mm-hmm. not quite the spike protein but something yeah. else again it's an American company that gets the contract yeah yeah big money there's big money involved in let's let's look at the video in uh, philippines just to see it's kind of a problem um it's it's part of the part of the problem here uh <laughs> it's a person from um manila <clears throat> in the philippines dear god my poor country just play it there so yeah that's people all rushing, clamoring to get first to a vac- vaccination center because the government said that from 12 o'clock that night, uh, they were going. if you weren't vaccinated, you couldn't go to cinemas, bars, restaurants, that kind of thing. So it just caused this surge of people to flood the streets and inundate, you know, knock over the vaccination center trying to get their vaccine so that they can still go to the movie theater and that kind of stuff. So, I mean, uh, that's quite dramatic, but, you know, you had a similar... Well, hang on, that... You had a similar... uh, That may not be the only thing driving them there because their leader, Duterte, who's popular, of Mm -hmm. course, he's sort of populist right leader in the Philippines, he said some bullshit last week that Mm -hmm. probably scared them into it. Yeah. Um, Not just that, but, of course, yeah, the, the... do you have you have uh... we don't have the article to show but he said something like get out and get the vaccine or the police will take you home and lock you in your house right yeah yeah pretty much that's a quote yeah um and then he finished his lazy shoddy rant by saying you know what i don't care if you drop dead from not getting the vaccine yeah and that kind of shit coming from your leaders well it's not surprising that you know there's a bit of hysteria on the streets obviously do you more immediate things like, well, I want to be able to go shopping. Well, that's a pressing reason to go out and rush a vaccine center. But I say it's more to do with what your leaders are saying and well, how they comport themselves. Yeah, maybe they, I'm not sure how many people, and maybe they do believe him because, you know, he's a bit of a, a wild card. But I think, I mean, he that, said, that, that, he said <clears throat> July 28th, if people refuse vaccination, police captains should not let them leave their house. Right. So you stay under lockdown until yeah, you get so you're not allowed out, yeah, basically. And 
yeah, he. Um, but but the same motivation, in not such strong words, was was provided for people in 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 Western countries as well, uh, which was this yeah. introduction of you're I'm not, not you're, singling him out. No. no, but but they're doing the same thing. He just does it in a more kind of in a more uh, with more bravado, let's say, or more uh, less. Less refined words, let's say, than yeah. than West populations. But the same thing caused thousands of people. We know in France, there, whenever the France announced that they were going to introduce this uh, requirement to be vaccinated in order to go to movie theaters and bars and restaurants and stuff, in one day, the day after, they had something like one or two million pe- two million people, two million people went and got vaccinated within the next forty eight hours. You, you know, you didn't see videos of people, you know, running down the streets shouting, uh, "Where's my vaccine?" type thing. And beating each other to get into to get in first, but the same the same thing happened, you know. Um, which is a lot. Of, it's very credulous of these people, and it's a bit kind of like cowardly in a certain sense. Because when a government imposes, you know, makes that kind of a threat, you will not be able to uh, enjoy social life unless you get vaccinated. The appropriate response is not to run and get vaccinated; is to go. What did you say again? Say that again. Say that to my face. Yeah. Who the do you think you are? Yeah. That's the appropriate response. What the hell are you talking about? What are you, like a little Hitler or something? What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. But, of course, a lot of people but aren't of that a lot. Is nature, it, is, so is they it, run and get still a minority. Do you think it's still a minority who think like that way when they hear they're being told what it, to do? It depends on the country. Hard, hard it depends say. country to country. Right. Uh, there's different... Yeah, different demographics, you know. I know you want to bring up some history. Yeah, well, I just mentioned Hitler there, and there's just I came across something um, which is just it's from a, a, a website. You can put it up there, Scotty. Uh, Library of Social Science, Ideology, Perception, and Genocide. Um, it's just by an a guy, a historian, basically, who just went through. It's just it's not directly relevant. It's not nothing. It's published quite a while ago, and it's basically a detailing of how the Nazis. Uh, in their rise to power, how they perceived society and how they talked about society and how they talked about the threats to German society in order to kind of propel themselves into into positions of power in the 1930s and then obviously in the 40s and everything that happened then. Um, so we just scroll down a little bit. There's got to do this. Number two, uh, the country is a living organism. Um, so it says at... At the heart of Hitler's vision lay his conception of the German nation as a living organism. It encompasses every aspect of the entire folk. It conceives of Germany as a corporate body, as a single organism. According to Hitler, there was no such thing as non-responsibility in this organic being. Not a single cell which is not responsible by its very existence for the welfare and well-being of the whole. They're just <clears throat> As I'm reading through these a couple of little excerpts, just think about what people in, 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 in the world really have been, and particularly in Western countries, have been encouraged to uh, think, with the ways of encouragement, think about themselves, about the society they live in, and about this, this virus. Um, <clears throat> a couple of paragraphs down. Uh, For if the nation is a single organism and each individual a cell, then no individual can escape this organism. Each individual is responsible for the health of the organism and the health of each individual impacts upon the health of the entire organism. Now, mom, who's quietly sitting over here uh, when talking about this situation and how she's experienced it, mentioned to me on numerous occasions about how, in her head, the refrain was, do it for others. Do it uh-huh. for the good of society and do it for others. So uh, the health of each individual impacts upon the health of the entire organism. 
that could be part of coronavirus or COVID, you know. Uh, I'm pretty sure you may as well have just quoted <clears throat> the CDC right. Or, right there. And and the next paragraph, each human cell is either a healthy cell contributing to the functioning of the whole or a malignant cell acting to destroy the nation. Also think about this in terms of vaccination. Refuse things. People getting vaccinated and those who won't get vaccinated or are refusing to get vaccinated. Contributing to the functioning of the whole or a malignant cell acting to destroy the nation. As we shall observe, Jews were conceived as pathogenic cells, bacteria or virus, source of a disease within the body politic. The fantasy of Jews as bacteria or virus generated the final solution. Um, scroll down past number three, Scotty, I'm just going to read a couple of little excerpts. Uh, first paragraph, yeah. At the end of that, if the first part of foundation, that paragraph, at the end it says, Hitler believed that his role as political leader was first to diagnose or disclose the cause of Germany's illness, and secondly, to act to cure the disease. Think about political leaders in Western countries. Two paragraphs down. Hitler would stake his claim to leadership on his capacity to diagnose and cure Germany's illness. He believed that people would follow a political leader who profoundly recognises the distress of his people who works to attain the ultimate clarity with regard to the nature of the disease and then seriously tries to cure it. Hitler aspired to become doctor of the German people. Who aspires to become doctor of the Western world today? Or who is doctor of the Western world today? Saint Fauci. Two paragraphs down. Hitler identified the Jew as the source of Germany's disease, a pathogen whose continuing presence within the nation would lead to its demise. It was necessary, therefore, in order to cure Germany's disease, to eliminate the Jew from within the body politic. According to Hitler, Hitler's biological conception of politics, rescuing the life of Germany required removing from within the body politic the source of her disease. It was conceived as a struggle of, as a struggle of life and death between the healthy German organism, the healthy vaccinated, and the viral Jewish element, the viral unvaccinated. Next paragraph. Do you have the insight to perceive the nature and source of the disease? This is quoting Hitler. Do you have the courage to rise up and take action against it? However difficult or painful the course of action, one would take whatever measures necessary in order to save the life of the nation. Just a couple more. Because they're, used, they're, they're, they're really relevant. The final solution, part five. The Nazis did not wish, second paragraph, the Nazis did not wish to have the spectre of the Jewish disease hanging over their heads. Better to devise a solution that would eliminate this threat once and for all. The development of the killing centres represented a manic, hysterical struggle to kill the source of death. Stop right. people dying. Right. Zero COVID. Zero COVID. Whatever is necessary. Eliminate the virus. That's exactly what the... The language they're using, yeah. it's not, maybe not their actual policy goal, but the language is exactly yeah. like that. Down the bottom there, tracing the evolving perception of the Jew, C.C. Aronsfield in the text of the Holocaust reports that after the Reichstag election in 1930, Count Reventlow called the Jew a tapeworm in the human organism, which, is, which it is our duty to exterminate. A German medical journal in June 1935 explained that just as weak people were liable to succumb to tuberculosis more easily than strong ones, so only racially weak people would fall victim to the bacilli of Jewish infection. 
This is the, the abuse of scientific language. Yeah. Uh, it's also there. Secrete their poison. This body can be invaded by parasites such as bacteria. This is the body politic. It can be invaded by parasites such as bacteria. These can live in a body, multiply, and attach themselves to certain spots where they secrete their poison. Two paragraphs down. With regard to processes of this kind, the pamphlet goes on to say, humanitarian principles cannot be taken into consideration at all. Lockdowns, are they anti-humanitarian? We can't take that into consideration at all. Because humanitarian principles apply very little to disinfecting a body or a contaminated room. So anything, abuse, any abuse or persecution or suffering can be visited upon the population of a country in order to disinfect the body politic. The ends justify the means, and science told us so. Yeah, and at the very end there, the struggle in which the Nazis were engaged, Hitler said, was similar to the one waged by Pasteur and Koch in the last century. How many diseases must owe their origins to the Jewish virus? Only when we have eliminated the Jews will we, will we regain our health. Uh, the reason I quoted that, highlighted that, that the struggle, according to Hitler, in which the Nazis were engaged was similar to the one waged by Pasteur. Pasteur is a French microbiologist who is recognized as having come up with the idea of vaccines, among other things. Germ theory but, and the cure of vaccines. Vaccines. So, I mean, there's a lot to be disturbed about in reading uh, the way that the Nazis talked about uh, German society in, the, in, in those terms and, and the correlation or the echoes that it has for today in the way that politicians and governments around the world, particularly in the Western world, have talked about this virus. And the reason I'm kind of highlighting this is because that analogy only goes so far, but it's still quite relevant. But particularly in the way that the the, the, the Nazis talked about the Jews as a virus and separating them out from the ordinary people, it you know has some. It, there's cause for concern in the way that governments today are talking about vaccinated and unvaccinated people, and the way that they are essentially segregating society and attempting, it seems to us, to make people who have not taken the vaccine. Uh, turn them into second-class citizens who are attempting to weaponize the people who have taken the vaccine against those who haven't, to look down their nose at them, to see them as dirty, unclean, carriers of disease and virus who are a threat to the country and our way of life. It's not a stretch if it was allowed to continue in the current vein, mm -hmm. which is why, and this is a, 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 a direct segue, which is why it's necessary to protest against that kind of uh, a move, that movement in that direction by, by government, by authoritarian governments. And thankfully, at least in France, although in other European countries, not so much in America, but in, in other European countries, there are still, there are, well, protests have kicked off over the past few weeks. And again, they tend to do them on, on weekends. And yesterday, Saturday was the third week in a row, weekend in a row, that there had been large and increasing numbers over the weeks of protesters across cities in France, uh, probably based on our estimations, you know, uh, having, you know, 
observed them directly, millions of people across France Probably were out millions. on the streets yeah. yesterday. Uh, do we have a little Well, let's, uh, we've got a map showing. Yeah. Okay, oh, so those are the... <clears throat> at least this is one. Those are the, that's a map of the protests across France yesterday, yesterday. Saturday. Um, towns, cities, big and small. So fairly well represented right across, and also that doesn't isn't representative of all of them because we know we can you can zoom in on that map and we know that uh, from direct experience that um, that there's some places where there were protests that are not on that map as well. You know, so the, yeah. the numbers were greater, or the the, the, the number of protests are, was bigger than is represented on that map. And do we have a little video of? We have um, some footage, a couple from Paris. Um, this is. Yeah, Paris yesterday. The police said there were, in total in Paris, just 16,000 people. You're watching one of four protests in Paris yesterday. That's more than 16,000 people. Did they say 16,000? Total. I think the government said 250,000. They said 250 plus in, nationwide. Across France, okay. And, and just 16,000 okay, in Paris. Okay, that's ridiculous. It's, it's obviously four. Un, it's at least undercounted by a factor of 10. Go to the next video, it's even more impressive. You can play it at uh, double speed or even higher, Scott, if you want. Because it's the drone footage. I think it's drone anyway. Or maybe it's a giant selfie stick. Going all the way back along the street. The video actually cuts short because it turns the corner of a major junction up here and you can just briefly see that it's a sea of people back. continues on another boulevard. And that's just one of four, like you said. One of four. Across in, in Paris alone. Yeah. And among them, it should be noted, are a lot of, probably a lot of people who have been vaccinated. Because that's one thing you notice in people who have been interviewed is that yeah. people who have been vaccinated are against this kind of attempted apartheid between vaccinated and unvaccinated. You see the... Yeah, many, it's all the way back to the right there, yeah. It just keeps going. It cuts there, but many, many flags, uh, people not just waving the French flag, they're waving the French, French resistance flag right. from the 1940s. Right, it's a French flag with a kind of cross with in the, cross, the middle. The cross of Lorraine. Right, it's a re French resistance flag from the 1940s against... The Nazis. So... Um, that's Paris. There was a major protest in Poland as well yesterday. We won't show that one, but I do want to show this clip from Italy. This is from Rome yesterday. Um, let's have a look. These are people who've been fully vaccinated and awarded their COVID pass, presumably those green cards, by the government. And they're burning them. But on principle, they want nothing to do with it. Because they are rejecting the attempt at apartheid. No green pass. There you go. No green pass. In Italy, they call it a green pass. Yeah. So that's a similar sentiment in France. I mean, there were a lot of people who were at the protests who clarify, right. "I'm vaccinated," but this is no, ridiculous. I know what this is. Then they refer to Nazi Germany. Yeah, it rolls off the tongue. Right. They, they recognize the flavor of this. Big and it's, it's, it's kind of interesting because I had an experience, I had lots of experiences on Twitter over the years and they've all been awesome, right? Uh, but I had a really good one yesterday. <laughs> um, 
some guy, a guy was talking about Australia, which we talked about, and saying, and he basically made somebody, he made a tweet saying that it's, um, he was basically saying it's ridiculous, it's draconian, it's totalitarianism, it's tyranny, you know, that kind of stuff. And somebody responded to him saying, chill out, dude, it's not like we live in North Korea. And I responded to him saying, yeah, because when a country, a democratic country, turns into something like North Korea, it happens overnight, right? Boom, all at once. So if it's not there now, then you can forget about it because it's obviously not going there. And it's like, you know, it seems obvious to me, maybe it's not obvious to, every, not obvious to everybody, but that doesn't happen overnight. It can't happen overnight. Because if you go from a country that is free and democratic and overnight you impose totalitarianism, you're going to have serious problems from the population. The government that tries to do that is going to have major resistance from the population. The only way you can impose in democratic countries, you can impose totalitarianism, as Germany was democratic in the 20s and beforehand and, and, and even into the 30s, the only way uh, you can impose totalitarianism is, is step by That's step. That. And you don't get to stop it when it's a done deal. Too late. Because yeah. you've already, the population has already been brought along. The population has to be able to, or at least some members of the population have to be able to recognize the signs of a country moving in that direction and stop it before it gets too far. Because when it gets too far, it's too late. So these idiots on Twitter and all around the world don't recognize the moves that are being made now. Some of them do, as we've just, as just said in France, some people, but far too few people do recognise that, and they probably think, well, it's still, I can still go to the movie, it's, it, looks, it looks okay to me. They don't recognise the steps, the first steps that are being taken towards a kind of totalitarian society that you saw in Nazi Germany. And they don't know that you have to stop it before it happens, before it gets even close to happening, you have to resist. So, but that's how people sleepwalk into totalitarianism they just normalize it they're brought along and more importantly like it happened like as, as happened in, in nazi germany uh, as as we were just reading about and also even worse in a sense now is the justification that governments have to use to bring people along the road towards a totalitarian government they have to give them a good reason a plausible reason for them to agree that these draconian tyrannical steps are necessary, are good, not just necessary, but good for the population. Like the stuff we went through over the past 18 months, it was good for everybody, right? It was saving the elderly. It was saving the, the National Health Service. It was protecting others. And under the guise of that, they, if you look at it, you, take, you, you separate out or remove that bullshit, that, that plausible narrative, and you see what's actually happening. You see on the ground where you're going, which is where we are today, where many countries are proposing a two-tier society between vaccinated and unvaccinated. They're trying to mandate vaccination and trying to force people uh, through coercion, threats, and denial of their civil liberties to take a medicine. It's, it's not far from, again, using a Nazi analogy, of uh, forced experimentation on people. Sure, they're not dragging you now anyway into a, a medical center and, and, and doing experiments on you or sticking needles in your arm against your will and tying you down, but they're one step away from that by saying, if you don't willingly do what you don't want to do, which is go and get a, a, a medicine, you're not going to be able to participate in civil society. You're not going to the movies. You're not going to restaurants. You're not going to bars. You're not going to 
theatres. You're not even allowed to travel long distances on trains. You're going to be checked. You're going to be, you know, that's coercion. So it's not far removed. And it's all being done. That's the reality on the ground of what's happening. And the cover story for it is it's good for the country. It's good for you. It's protecting people. It's saving lives. It's saving the elderly. It's protecting the health service. But you have to be able to see through that stuff. And you need to know history and how things like that happen in history in order to see it happening today. But unfortunately, a lot of people are, you know, woefully ignorant of history and haven't even thought about how those things happened in the past and how it can happen today. Don't be so naive to think that it can't happen today. Mm-hmm. And it's the people's responsibility protect, to protect the country against those kind of movements. And it's not populism. It's not Donald Trump. It's not Orban in, in, in Hungary. It's the ones who are accusing them of being dictators that are doing what, we're, what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. which is imposing a kind of totalitarian light at this point on nominally democratic and free societies. Yeah. <clears throat> well, a difference between, say, a country like France and the U.S. is that the U.S. still has political figures right. who are in the, standing in the way of this right. train. Um, France doesn't have that. They have one politician. Who's organizing those protests. They, put, <clears throat> who's, who's, they broke off from the Front National, um, which is now a mainstream party, on basically on board with the COVID consensus. Mm-hmm. And he's formed a separate party and he's been leading. It's actually the 38th week. He started these protests mm. outside the health department in France Last year. 38 weeks ago. It's only the fourth week that there have been major protests since the country went, what the hell, when Macron announced it's going to be a two-tier society. Right. He explicitly said as much in his speech, his televised address says, we're going to put all the pressure we can on the unvaccinated. That's when the French en masse went, <laughs> but no there's way. only one politician on their side, so to speak, at the national level anyway. In the US, it's different. I suppose you don't see mass protests. You did see it during the first lockdown when they seemed to have no one speak for them, except mm-hmm. for Trump, who was tweeting, you know, yeah. liberate Massachusetts, liberate Michigan. Right. That's all he could do in the face of the train, right? Right. But uh, this week we saw Texas and Florida, Florida. send messages. Speak out, yeah. I want to play the first one. This is the Texas governor. What's his name? Abbott? Yeah. Uh, maybe not. Don't know. Let's see. The guy in the wheelchair. Yeah. It'll be on the video. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, hard to keep track of them. Pull it up, Scotty. It's a, it's a Twitter video showing the governor of Texas signing a law. I think he's signing into law that there shall no, be no COVID passes mm-hmm. in the state of Texas. Mm-hmm. No? Just put up any uh, Twitter video. It's in the middle, I think. Uh. So. Yeah, that's it. There passed a law that I'm about to sign that prohibits vaccine passports in Texas. No business or government entity can require a person to provide a vaccine passport or any other vaccine information as a condition of receiving any service or entering any place. I want to thank the Texas legislature for getting this bill to my desk. So he's prohibiting vaccine passports. Hi. So in the interim, vaccine passports are now prohibited in the Lone Star State. Pretty ballsy, huh? Yeah. So they, they do process, so to speak, 
is still available to, in this case, the state of Texas and therefore American citizens in Texas mm-hmm. against the bul- as a bulwark against – they don't need to be on the streets yet, you know, with calling for – Yeah. What about – do uh, we have uh, Ron DeSantis? The process. Well, before that, I want to have Jen Psaki comment on the, the timeline in Florida last week is that the news – just reports the news and says, oh, what's this? A surge in cases in Florida. Right. My goodness, where did that come from? Wow, how coincidental. And this is uh, White House Press Secretary Jane Psaki commenting oh, on that. Oh, Psaki. She's been drinking too much Psaki. Later, if you are not going to be a part of the solution, if you're not going to be a part of saving people's lives, then get out of the way and let other people do the job. Get out of the way. Uh, that means don't ban, uh, don't make it harder for people to put requirements on masks or asking for vaccination status into law. You will hear the president convey later. That's you- it. So she, that's uh, partly response to what the Texas governor just did. Don't be stopping us from doing what we want to do here. Or else. Or else. Um, and then we get uh, the governor of Florida, I want to move Ron to Florida. DeSantis, his response. This is Why only the end of your it. job. Why don't you get this border secure? And until you do that, I don't want to hear a blip about COVID from you. Thank you. The false speech was awesome, but we just have the, the is his concluding remarks. Um, so that's, you see what I mean? That's like, uh, well, what happens next? The, the totalitarian train has run into two serious road roadblocks right. right right there in those two and states. And the problem the problem for the for the Biden and his government who want to, you know, dictate to everybody is that it's not just that Florida and Texas and maybe a few other states would kind of push back and say we're not doing what you want us to do. We're keeping our, our, our states free and open. We're letting parents decide whether or not, you know, for the welfare of their kids, whether their kids should be vaccinated, whether their kids should wear masks. We're letting them decide and whether this, this state is going to stay open. That serves as an example to other states. That's, a pro- that's the main problem, I think, because if it was just Florida and, and Texas, they might just, you know, they wouldn't make the, the government, the Biden government wouldn't make too much of a fuss about it. But the problem for them is kind of contagion in a certain sense. Mm-hmm. Other states will be emboldened by the by by the by the Florida governor governor and the Texas governor, you know. And other individuals like yeah. Joe Rogan speaking out this week. Joe yeah. Rogan is what every man American, right? Yeah. Uh, he's got millions of views. Just that the clip of him cursing and saying, "No, this is America. They are not going to get away with right. shoving this down our throats. We're not going to." Yeah. So he's laid down his piece and he speaks for probably a lot of people in the States, you know. So as long as there are voices like that. um, There's some hope. There's some hope in some parts of the world, within countries. The U.S. doesn't have what France has, which is still, it it doesn't have the sense, it doesn't have national cohesion. It's extremely polarized. Mm -hmm. But within that then, there's hope for blocking totalitarianism across the entire country, yeah. you know. Um, there's another weird form of pushback this week where in Germany, the editor-in-chief of Germany's largest tabloid, the Bild magazine, right. apologized, apologized for, to the German people for scaring them. For, their for harming them, he said. For harming them. But he apologized on behalf of his newspaper, but he was apologizing sort of on behalf of all of the media in Germany yeah. for the way they have 
sown fear and disinformation and wrong information uh, over the past 18 months and harmed German society and the German people uh, in that way. So that was pretty pretty amazing. That was like very rare. That's about as rare as uh, 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 you know a, a teenager getting uh, COVID. Uh, as far as uh, the mainstream media, anybody in the mainstream media facing up and, and owning. Uh, Especially at the corporate level. I mean, there have yeah. been individual commentators, no, columnists. Yeah, but as, as, a, as an official but, statement by, yeah. from a major German newspaper, yeah, it's pretty pretty remarkable. Um, yeah. So, and, and that's all you hear. In, in response to all these things, all you hear from people is, even from the government, is just, look, just get the vaccine. Vaccines are safe. I mean, in, in, in response to everything we have said here about vaccines and how it doesn't make any sense since people are vaccinated, um, people who are vaccinated can also spread the virus. So there's, they're no different from unvaccinated people in that respect. And, uh, you know, so there's no real point in it. There's no reason to mandate vaccines for anybody to stop the spread because it, vaccines don't stop the spread. And the vast majority of people are not in danger from this virus. Therefore, if you don't want to be vaccinated, and you're healthy, you've, you, you're fully entitled to that and, you, and you've, no, uh, you've no real cause for concern. In response to arguments like that with scientific evidence from the CDC itself to back it up, you just get told, to just get the vaccine, will you? Yeah. Stop, stop, stop confusing me. Stop, stop, stop countering. I mean, I, I don't have anything to say in response to your argument and in that way I'm admitting that your argument is correct and there's no reason to get vaccinated. But there's no reason to man- mandate vaccines for everybody. But will you just get vaccinated anyway? Will you please just get vaccinated? On behalf of Pfizer and their financial bottom line, would you please get vaccinated? Yeah. So we can all return to a normal life. So we can all return to a normal life, except, except for lockdowns in the fall and more booster shots every six months and more scariants and variants and more lies and bullshit from the media, which is just a mouthpiece and a spoke, uh, a mouthpiece for, for the government. I mean, the media, apart from that grand build, the media has just simply been nothing more than the propaganda arm of government. They've said not, across the board, you go look at, well, there's a few notable exceptions here and there. The vast majority of the media um, are simply repeating what the government says. The media is meant... worse, they're egging them on. Or egging them on, going further than the, what... The, yeah. yeah. But the media is so. What do people do then when they when they when they want to? If they're not sure, if they doubt that the government is an honest broker or telling the truth, or if you know if they're being fully transparent, uh, usually you would go to the media to have someone in the media, some learned scholar, journalist who would you know dig into the details and, and give you a bit more of the truth than the government has given you. But you don't get that from the media. You get exactly what the government says from the media. So what do people do then? They come and listen to our show, like all of them. Right, <laughs> pretty much uh, all of them. Half the world's population at this yeah, point, right? This, so, right. I mean, that's and and it's the it's the government and the media's own fault for not providing uh, honest, accurate, nuanced sources of information uh, to the population. They've denied them, and and the and social media platforms in le- in league with the government are actually trying to censor voices like us. Because you're not allowed, people aren't allowed to hear anything other than what the government and the media tell them. That seems to be the, the message. Like in, in, in our video that got removed last week from YouTube, it was for disputing what the CDC or any government uh, 
Health authorities generally health authorities didn't even said, name it. I right. think this maybe mentioned WHO. No, yeah, they just said health and authorities. any health authorities. So disputing it, only disputing it. Not that what you said was incorrect. It's the fact that you disputed or questioned, let's say, what the government said or what health authorities said, you have to be shut down. And they, Doesn't uh, seem reasonable to the me, but there you didn't go. paragraph in there. It said, and that it might result in people not getting the vaccine. vaccine. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't seem very reasonable. I'm sure it seemed very reasonable in Nazi Germany in about 1942. But uh, it still doesn't seem reasonable at this point today. Part of what's crazy about this is these people made references to Nazi Germany on a daily basis. About Trump. For four years. Yeah, yeah. They never shut up about Nazi Germany. And then as soon as Nazi Germany type things start happening... No more Nazi Germany references. If you if you use Nazi Germany references now, like we're using, yeah. you're going to get banned. You can call Trump a Nazi and say that Trump, America under Trump was was a Nazi, was going Nazi. But once Biden's in, oh, Nazi's gone. Everyone's cool. Forced vaccinations. Shut up. Censorship. Yeah. Yay, democracy. Um, anyway, let's move on to something scarier. Is it scary? I suppose it is for some people who experience it directly. So every week, we didn't we didn't plan our shows these way the, the, to do our shows this way. But there's so many crazy extreme weather events taking place um, on a daily basis now around the world simultaneously that the media is noticing. The media generally, certain outlets are reporting and they're connecting them together one of the features of reporting on weather or climate in the last 15 plus years is like our site and eventually a handful of others sprung up mushroomed and focused on connecting weather events and they could see that these things were happening at the same time but we were like why does no one not not just report on the flood over here but on the wildfires over here at the same time and both are extremes why don't you just mention the two together and stitch together. Yeah. And now they are. But I think because because it's gotten so incredibly pronounced. This week we've got wildfires going like crazy in California. Well there's always wildfires in California, but there's a particularly wild one going on in the center near Sacramento at the moment. I think it's the third largest in California history. Um, there are man-made factors when it comes to California wildfires, as pointed out by Trump when he was president. Um, but still, there's there's particular characteristics. The firefighters, I believe, and, and locals as well, are saying these things are spreading fast. And it's not just that they burn a large area fast, but they produce their own weather systems. Mm-hmm. We're going to show in a video that has some brief satellite footage, actually, where you can see many of these fires erupting, and it's obviously a speeded up um, time lapse. But as the fires produce these huge pyrocumulus clouds of their own, they also produce incredible lightning storms. That's that's never been seen before. I mean, this is new stuff. Mm-hmm. Something has changed in the atmosphere, atmosphere, or in the fires themselves. Um, the first video I think we have is of the so-called Dixie Wildfire in California. This this just plowed through a town. It's a small town, but it burnt it to the ground. Greenville, I think it's near Sacramento. Don't know about death toll, but I know like tens of thousands of people in central and northern California have had to evacuate their homes. Um, but 
latest. That, that's two days ago. That fire is nowhere near contained, so it's still growing. It's like the third largest in California history, and it's like it's got a long way to go before it burns out. Um, that's year. California, but most years in the last 10, 15 years, it's had some crazy wildfires. This, this is one? Greece now. Similarly, Greece has wildfires, but no one there remembers tourists having to flee from resorts into boats. On the Greek island of Evia, a dystopian sea. Tourists and residents rescued by boat from the beaches as wildfires rage out of control. And a similarly apocalyptic feel on the outskirts of Athens. Thousands forced to flee as the fires spread. All those this people are going back to their masks. Left behind the blaze so intense it turned metal molten. Melted alloy wheels. Okay, we'll, we'll leave that report there. <clears throat> That's the ITVS British news going for their really dramatic effect. But in in I've heard from people that, for example, one of the islands that was affected, uh, she mentioned it, Evia, is a really long, one of the bigger islands of Greece. Um, something like a third of the island is burned. Mm. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> so it's big. It's big even for Greece. But the, salient, the other point there is that it's happening big time in Turkey as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, people mad, are probably mad seeing, in Turkey. Yeah. People are fleeing resorts in Bodrum and elsewhere along southern Turkey into boats. The next video actually is... Uh, Footage from a ferry um, in Greece. <clears throat> this is a skyline as they've just left the port, which is engulfed in flames. Behind I'm back again. People on the ferry. <laughs> as part of this event, Greece officially has matched its all time highest daytime. Uh, Temperature record of 47 point something degrees Celsius. So you're saying global warming? Uh, <laughs> yes and no. Because. Spotty warming, spotty cooling. Okay, so it's baking hot over there. Here in Western Europe, yeah. this, we are On surely you. headed for a record cool, cool summer. Yeah. Wet summer. summer. Yeah. For um, sure. Which is the opposite. Okay, so this is the media. This is CBS in the United States linking these events and others too. The flooding in Germany, for example, late last month. Yeah. So let's have a listen to how they connect the events together. Saturday. We'll stop these images are from near the small town of Greenville, California, northeast of Sacramento. They were shot on Tuesday. This is what the same town looks like a few days later, reduced to ash and smoldering ruins from the raging Dixie Fire. The wildfire just won in a series of extreme weather events from flooding in Germany to wildfires in Greece that have occurred over the past few months. CBS News meteorologist and climate specialist Jeff Berardelli joins us to take a closer look now. Jeff, good morning once again. Good morning, Jeff. You know, I've seen a lot of crazy weather in my career, but I cannot remember a time where there were so many extremes in so many parts of the world simultaneously. And experts say this is just the beginning. Flash floods level thousand-year-old villages in Europe. Entire neighborhoods submerged in China. Raging wildfires incinerate millions of acres across the Mediterranean, Canada, and the Pacific Northwest. 
That's just a glimpse into what's already the most extreme summer in memory. Columbia University climate scientist Dr. Adam Sobel has made a career out of studying extreme weather. The speed and um, frequency and intensity of extreme events has been startling at times and um, a little more than a little scary. Scary even for a scientist intimately familiar with decade-long predictions of escalating extremes. It feels like the reality is outpacing our expectations. According to the UN, global climate disasters have nearly doubled since the 1980s. And in the US, billion dollar weather disasters have increased by five times. So as we start to go from one degree of warming to two degrees of warming to three degrees of warming, the impacts on extreme weather aren't linear. They increase even faster, don't they? Right, so water vapor, for example, increases exponentially with temperature. And extra moisture means 100-year floods now happen every few years. In July, over 200 people were killed when two months of rain fell in just two days across Western Europe. There's so many people dead. <sighs> A Belgium official described the floods as one of the greatest natural disasters our country has ever known. Earlier this week, monsoon mudslides wiped out a section of Interstate 70 in Colorado. Engineers said it was unlike anything they had ever seen before. A lot of our infrastructure was built for the 20th century. It's a new century. We have a new climate. Are things going to have to change? Investments in infrastructure are going to increase or else the infrastructure is just going to continue to be overwhelmed. Invest is exactly what the $1 trillion infrastructure deal aims to do, with tens of billions targeted to make us resilient to coming climate catastrophes. Speaking of heat, in the Pacific Northwest, an early summer heat wave pushed temperatures to the brink of what's physically possible, killing nearly a thousand people and setting the stage for a fierce fire season. Take the city of Lytton. die COVID. Canada. They, three days in a row, broke their all-time record highs, 121 degrees. Next day, 90% of the town burns. While we have always expected and predicted worse wildfires as a consequence of warming, how fast and how severely and how persistently it's happened over the last few years has been really uh, shocking and disturbing. The scale of this summer's fires across Canada and the western U.S. are already unprecedented. From above, satellites capture extreme fire behavior. Fires producing their own lightning storms, igniting new fires. And on the other side of the globe, a record-shattering heat wave is fueling massive fires across the Mediterranean. Would it be okay, safe to say... Because they basically just go on and say, what are we going to do about it? And they say you should buy Teslas. Everybody buy a Tesla and the, fire, the, lightning, the, <clears throat> the, the lightning fire monsters will go away. If you buy a Tesla. Basically. Maybe you can charge your Tesla with the electricity from those fires. The lightnings, you know? No? Would that not be a viable solution? You could, you could like, absorb the Plug lightning. it into the cloud. But, the, yeah. the, you see, the lightning in the clouds yeah. just Has nothing to do with their entire scientific assumptions. Of man-made. Of what's going this on This is all here. humans did the, that. They're right that something's going on. It's awesome that it's, it's, it's part of the bizarre world we live in that... Somehow, decades ahead of time, there were people who got s something about it right. They were right that the climate was going to go nuts. They were so wrong about, and they admit it there in that report, about how much it would happen and how quick it would happen. They've also, of course, been changing their narrative 
as the reality kicked in. So in the beginning of this day, we're saying by this year, 2020, 2021, there'd be no thing, snow would become a thing of the past to children in most of Europe and North America, BS. Um, they're obviously wrong about global warming, so they shifted it and they said, well, let's broaden it out to climate change. Climate climate change. And, you know, they will keep claiming everything. That, well, we, you did predict this. No, you, you didn't exactly predict all of it. But nevertheless, they did predict... That things were crazy. Well, there was in a, broad strokes. There, that is amazing. Yeah. There's How a, did they... <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a... Let me just try and find it here. There's a... Uh, there's a... In 2004, there was a, an article in, uh, in The Guardian. Yeah, I remember that. The um, Pentagon study. Yeah, which is how long ago is two thousand four? Uh, way longer than I care to remember. Seventeen um, years. Yeah, it was in the Observer. You can just uh, stick it up. Yes, I'm happy. Uh, look at the date. Um, we stick it up there, Scotty. Um, two thousand four on the left there. Twenty second February two thousand four. Now the Pentagon tells Bush, "This is George W. Bush, our glorious leader." Climate change will destroy us. Secret report warns of rioting and nuclear war. Okay, they got nuclear war wrong. Rioting, yeah, they got that right. Britain will be Siberian in less than 20 years. Eh, not quite. Give it a few more years. And they go on. Threat to the world is greater than terrorism. I yeah. would add that, that we need to add a new bullet point to the uh, summary writing there. Threat to the world is greater than COVID. Yeah. Comma, but COVID is damn useful distraction. Right. Because I suspect that really in the back of most people's minds, the passive people who haven't been paying attention today, I think they are noticing something yeah. is off environmentally. For sure. I think that's really the source of their anxiety and their fear about what's going on in this yeah, world. Yeah, absolutely. If you just go down to the second paragraph there, Scotty, the document predicts that abrupt climate change could bring the planet to the edge of anarchy as countries develop a nuclear threat to defend against secure dwindling food, water, and energy supplies. Uh, and all of it, all of that caused by uh, climate change, the climate going crazy. I mean, if this kind of situation that we were just looking at there in those videos, and it has been going on for multiple years, and people who want to know, want to see it month by month, and you can go back multiple years, look at our website, SOT.net, and every month, and we just put up one for July uh, a couple of days ago, yesterday, um, the Earth Changes Summary, where we basically collect over a month, the previous month, and publish it at the, at the beginning of the next month, uh, of all of the crazy climate madness, floods, you know, hurricanes, sinkholes, you know, and in winter, obviously, massive. I mean, you go back to December, uh, this past winter, and you see massive amounts of snow and ice in, in, in different parts of the world, you know, like record numbers, record levels of snowfall and all that kind of stuff. People forget that when, the middle, when they're in the middle of uh, um, wildfire season, uh, like, like we are now, that's what you're, that's what you're looking at. They think, oh, it's climate change, it's, it's global warming. But go back, wait till this winter or go back and look at our videos from uh, January, uh, December, January, February this year and you'll see massive amounts of snowfall across different parts of the world, record amounts in the US as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's obviously not just about global warming, it obviously is about climate change. And that kind of thing, the major problem, as, as is evidenced by this report from 17 years ago, uh, provided, uh, done, you know, produced by the Pentagon, uh, the major, the real concern, obviously, 
people's lives would be disrupted by major snowfall or major wildfires and all that kind of stuff. But the real problem for the entire globe is the effects of that wild, crazy weather on food production. Mm -hmm. Because people can survive wildfires like those people in Greece are doing or in California are doing. They or can in wintertime, they can move. They still have food. They can go to the supermarket. If it gets to the point where that level of extreme climate chaos affects the food supply, well, you're not only is there going to be a wildfire in your backyard or are you going to be inundated with 10 feet of snow, but when you flee it and go to the local supermarket, there's not going to be any food mm -hmm. because food production will have been disrupted by those same conditions. And I suppose the bottom line, we're not going to get into it now because it's a vastly complex subject and it's been talked about for a long time before now, but the whole idea of this being man-made and global is, if you have any sense, is really nonsense. It's massively anthropocentric. It's like a narcissism of human beings who think that they can, that they are the cause of everything and therefore they can solve everything. And of course, that's being pushed by governments in order to justify government's authority over the people because the main role or job of government from people's point of view is to protect the people. If governments ever admitted that they are unable to protect the people, that there are natural cycles that periodically in the planet's history involve this kind of climate chaos that nobody can do anything about because it's nothing to do with human beings, at least not directly in terms of emitting carbon, uh, carbon dioxide, then governments would be in a difficult position where they have to admit that they can't really protect the people. So they want to maintain that facade of being, being able to protect the people. And of course, they're doing it with this COVID business as well when they're demanding that they get to protect everybody to the point of forcing them to take vaccinations when they're really not needed either. Governments are not needed uh, in that respect. A good government is needed, but bad governments, definitely not needed. Governments that are bent on accruing power to themselves and controlling people just for the sake of it are not needed by any society and never have been in, in human history. And any time they've risen up and shown their face, it's, been a, they've led to, it's led to disaster. So the point is, bottom line, without going into all the details, you can go back over like the last 15 years of arguments and fights and food fights all across social media and on websites about climate change and what the cause of climate change is, you know, global or man-made versus, you know, cyclical, uh, a cyclical nature to the whole thing. Um, the bottom line for us is having looked at it and, having, and knowing people who know what they're talking about as well uh, and having published a lot on it ourselves, it's got nothing to do with carbon emissions by human beings. There's a, that's a tiny percentage of the effect on the climate. This is a cycle that happens over and over again over relatively long periods of time, but it does happen. Even, I mean, they know that even mainstream science knows that mm -hmm. about cycles and that we're overdue for the next big yeah. this, that or the other. It happens cyclically. Yeah, but they segue into saying, ah, but this time it's human behavior. Right. Well, let's just... But it's, like the COVID, the science changes on it because right. it seems to be crucial that human behavior can be tied to it. Because right. if that's the case, then, then controls we can, can be placed on about that behavior. Right, and on people. Which is critical at a time when the climate is going like that. Right. You want to make sure they're yeah. under control. Because For sure, yeah. Because you don't otherwise, want Otherwise, they will abandon government in right. droves. Absolutely, yeah. Anyway, I think we've run our course for today. Okay. Um, unless there's something pressing you wanted to say. About no, it. let's wrap this up. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we didn't... Well, we're on YouTube. Anybody watching this will be on YouTube at some point, assuming it doesn't get deleted within 
10 minutes. It might just have been a bot. It may or may not. We'll try and tinker with the title maybe and avoid the yeah. red flags. We'll call it... COVID, well, we won't call it COVID nonsense news. COVID is awesome news. Yeah. No, True. vaccines are great. Vaccines are great. We swear. Vaccines are awesome. Really, really. Vaccines are great. Pinky swear. Pinkies. Okay, vaccines are great. Pinky swear. That, that's, that'll be the title, maybe. Uh, anyway, it'll be on YouTube, so please... Subscribe, like, etc. On Facebook, same thing. If you're watching on Facebook, give us a like and. But mainly on Rumble, we're getting most viewership on Rumble. So yes, let's get um, people yeah. watching and sharing it there for sure. As well. Go over to Rumble and do some liking and subscribing over there as well. Okay. So um, yeah, thanks for listening, watching, participating. We'll be back next week with another one. Until then, our screen's gone blank, but whatever. See you next time. See Bye, you everyone. Next time. Can't stop the signal now.